0: The vision to success. How can you fast track your success? But how can you actually make sure that you make your success happen for yourself? Today on the show have Pete Everett, a successful entrepreneur, a fellow Upreneur Incubator member, uh, like friend from from that community with Chris Ducker. Um, And he brought, like he came on the show to talk about his way of deconstructing goals. And uh, I think there's tons of insights here for anybody here who is like beginning entrepreneur kind of like in the overwhelm and not knowing kind of like what direction to go if you're in that spot this episode is for you pete is an amazing entrepreneur he has three businesses basically two businesses that are uh, six figures and another uh, podcast and personal brand going on so enjoy this episode everyone and let's begin Hey everybody! What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Commit First podcast. And today on the show we have Pete Everett. Pete, what's up, man? Hey, Saggy! Thanks for having me on the show. Delighted to be here. Dude, it's awesome having you here. Um, and and you know we've been in touch for a while. Uh, and the Youpreneur Incubator. So um, props to Chris Ducker for bringing us together. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we want to kick it off for a while. So and, like I'm I'm happy we got this. Uh, uh, episode now going and um first of all how are you doing today man
1: yeah all good all good you've just mentioned chris i should have really turned up in like a union jack waistcoat ah, or something exactly. or with a dickie bow tie like like he would have done
0: uh <laughs> but you know big shout out to chris he's a, he's a top bloke yeah so so pete you're from the uk as well um and and like chris and and you know the whole like um Thing that he is going on um uh, and um and, and i'm from israel to everybody who doesn't know and um today we're going to talk like what we agreed to talk about is like the vision to success and and the way to kind of get from vision to actual success i think and that's kind of like the thing that the show is all about is like i think a lot of entrepreneurs don't get how like um, how their success is right around the corner and, and some are struggling in finding it very challenging and are experiencing amazing, like cr- tremendous amount of, of struggle around the, the, the journey. And I think, you know, and, and are not seeing results um, or mm-hmm. are seeing very small results, like, or, you know, not so, um, um, let's say like, they're, they're not like feeling successful, right? They're not yeah. feeling like they're crushing it. Um, but I know that you achieved quite a lot and um, to anybody who doesn't know, Pete um, is an agency, uh, digital agency or, owner, and um, and also a new product that is going to talk about, which is uh, SEO Hive um, that you launched last year, and also a podcast uh, host, which you have like your own personal brand and community for three and a half years already. Um, and and I know that you know everybody also that comes in in the incubator is like good people, like people that are. Um, already have been successful not just like you know, anyone. Um, so I wanna, I wanna start with your story. Let's start with that for a second, mm-hmm. like do it as quick as possible, obviously. Um, but, but then after that, we'll jump into like, how you um, achieve your goals and how do you build success? And how do you see like we can help others to, to kind of like get a grist on some tools and, and strategies? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um,
1: f- firstly, I, su- I suppose the first thing to say is Gary Vee, uh, lots of people, Gary V's one of those Marmite characters, right? So some people love him, some people hate him. Yeah. Um, uh, I-, I do sit a little bit on the fence with him, I'll be honest. Uh, but he did say something that struck me a few years ago, which I thought was brilliant. And that was that so many entrepreneurs get too focused on the goal. They They forget about enjoying the journey right and the what his his real point was about holding the vision of success the that, uh, that we'll talk about a bit later and the journey in kind of equal equal levels if you like so knowing yeah. where you're going and having that direction but yeah. not wanting to get there too quickly because yeah. if if all your vision is is to become a millionaire for example one day you'll get to be a millionaire and then your life will be meaningless because right. you've achieved it right. so you gotta you've got to enjoy the journey on the way there and that journey will have ups and downs and you know my yeah. my story just like your story saggy is is exactly a, re- a reflection of that <laughs> so uh, yeah you're, you're right I'm a I'm a 36 year old um, entrepreneur here in the UK I own a couple of businesses I uh, have spent my God how long last 16 years of my life working in de- design agencies and um, uh, yeah, so I, I started out as a web developer working for an agency here in Sheffield in the UK. Um, got it became quite obvious quite quickly to that agency that web developers are normally quite a a. A random brand of people. You can't normally can't put them in front of clients. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they, so, yeah. they're brilliant at doing a job, at doing their job, and keeping up with technology and solving problems and this, that, and the other. But actually talking to clients yeah. is a different ballgame. And uh, so I, I quite quickly moved into a management role within uh, within a design agency and worked in a few different agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then jump ship uh, 3 or 4 years after that and set up a freelance company did that for a couple of years was headhunted yeah. for a job at a large e-commerce agency here in the UK so I took that and that that really was that taught me two big things about my career the yeah. first was that I hated working for somebody else after yeah. spending 2 or 3 years doing the freelance thing okay it, it was a freelance yeah. gig but I, I, working for somebody else, just that, that didn't float my boat anymore. I'm I yeah. was done with that. Yep. Well, why? Let, let uh, me why? So it, 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 a lot of it's to do with the freedoms. I can pinpoint the moment when exactly I knew that it was a mistake. So the reason I got the job was I was good friends with the managing director of this e-commerce firm, and they, they were expanding, they needed somebody to lead their digital marketing, their SEO team, and mm-hmm. they, they approached me to do it. And yeah. my job was basically to build retainers and to build their recurring revenue in, in the agency. Uh-huh. And over the three years I was there, we built it from like 15 or 20,000 a month up to a, nearly 100,000 a month. So we, we did a good wow. job. Nice. One wow. day I came to work and it was in the summer, I think it was in June, and um matt the md was a he was a very keen golf player and MD? this was uh, the MD, managing director, managing the, director uh, okay. yeah the the the, yeah. the guy the, the top dog okay. he was he was yeah. the uh, he was a very keen golf player and this yeah. must have been towards the end of a week because his wife used to work work with us and i came in i had been trying to get hold of him all week and I couldn't do and I said hey Sam uh, you know is Matt going to be in today and she she just said no I'm not no criticism of her at all she said no he's at another golf day but you can do that when you own the company and (laughs) laughed and walked off and I thought that's it I I I'm here doing the do being you know driving all this way to to work the hours for the man which was Matt in this case yeah. And actually, he's off living the high life. He's he's got all the perks. He's got all the benefits, and I've got all of his damn stress. <laughs> so uh, that that was the moment. And you know, they they were they were great people. Uh, but I c- I can pinpoint. I went and sat down epiphany. at my desk and thought, yeah, it was the epiphany moment. Yeah. Uh, this this isn't for me. And yeah. okay. that was the June, and in the November I left. Wow. So, okay. nice. Yeah. So so I, I worked there for nearly three years. And, uh, and then and, due, due to that, I left and set up my own agency. Um, but when you left,
0: let, let, let's stop there for a second, right? Because they, like a lot of people have a day job at the moment and they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to be like a, a business. I, have a, I want to have my own business, but I'm very um, like stressed or worried about leaving my day job. Mm-hmm. Um, like this it has tremendous kind of like fear attached to it. Like just the thought of leaving day job in order to start your own business. What do you think about that?
1: I I get it. I completely get it. And as somebody that's now done this journey twice, leaving, leaving a paid job to to start a business that, you know, the, the struggle is real. There's fear there. There's uncertainty there. And, um, but as long as you have a logical approach to it and look, don't anybody leave your day job on a Friday not knowing what you're going to do on Monday morning, because that is just insane. Right. Yeah. What what you the, the way I've approached it both times is I've made the decision. Right. This is this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to start a freelance business. I'm going to start an agency. Okay. So I'm I. The first thing that I've then gone and done is gone and found some clients. And that's using my personal network. When I left the the e-commerce place, we had NDAs in place. So it was a little bit more of a challenge. So my I was teaming up with somebody there. They had some clients. So we 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 got some clients to the table. And you know what? It's about the hustle. At this moment, yeah. at that moment, it's about the hustle. You you work the evenings, you work the weekends, you you fit it around life, you know, you're um, you're doing this to create a better life for you and your family, but like with anything, you need to put that investment in first to get the reward out the other end. Right. So, so that was that was how I started, and of course, slowly but surely things things built up, and. Friday night was a sacred night in our house. I would not work on a Friday night, so I'd work. I'd go to work and do a day job Monday to Friday. I'd come home. I'd have dinner. I'd then sit down at the computer and do another three or four hours work on my own stuff. And when I was doing that, four nights a week plus some time at the weekends, that was the time I said, "Right, the day job has to go." I I now have enough critical mass to get rid of the day job. So I handed
0: my notice in, and four weeks later or whatever, I, I. I could leave and um, when you say by the way Friday was your day off you mean like Friday Saturday and Sunday
1: no no, no just Friday night just so I'd go and do the day job on Friday yeah. come home for dinner and then we'd sit and watch a movie or have a bottle of uh-huh. wine and oh, okay. I'd normally I'd normally fall asleep on the sofa and then <laughs> then then Saturday Saturday and Sunday uh, across those two I wouldn't work solidly over the weekend but yeah. across those two days I'd probably do another six to eight hours work I suppose Got and it, when no, I okay. knew that I was doing that's like maybe three days extra work across the whole week plus the day job then that was the point that I knew that yeah I I now had enough mass that I could let go of the day job yeah take the hit and and run with it yeah okay cool so yeah that was so that was that was that um so yes I started the agency in uh just under five years ago now and it was uh you you know it's gone from it's gone from strength to strength it's it's an age sorry go on no, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so it's an agency that has recurring revenue built into its ecosystem, into its, uh-huh. into its DNA. So one of the first um, priorities for us was to build that recurring revenue to cover the overheads. Yep. So of course, when we started, the overheads were quite small. It was really just my salary and some extra bills. Yep. Um, and so we hit that within six or seven months. And then since then, we've been able to make business decisions based on what our recurring revenue says. So yep. when we got to last year and COVID, COVID cost us about eight percent revenue, uh, eight percent turnover. So that's like a month, basically, across spread out across the whole year. Yeah. Um, but our re- recurring revenue, we lost one one recurring revenue client across the whole year. So it didn't really affect our business operations. Everything, everybody got paid, bills got paid, taxes yeah. were paid.
0: We we just kept on going, um, and, and, um, and that was great. And so just asking, like re- regarding recurring revenue and the recurring revenue is kind of like the thing that I found also like a long time ago, kind of like to work like magic where when you have retainer, uh, and by the way, your podcast is called uh, retainer FM, Yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> so so like I, I, I understood the power of having like retainer clients and not just work on like some global contracts that you don't know how much, how long they will take and how, you know, so, um, I found that a long time ago and, um, I, I even blogged about it in 2011, like I, I shared right. my, my contract with the blog uh, and um, and I remember since then, I had like, of course, retainer, of course, like, you know, m- recurring revenue. Um, and now that I built my studio, my, my agency for UI UX, like that's how we work. Like we work on like recurring revenue model. Like you work with the clients along, on, over time. Two things I came up with that, one is, um, the unpredictable ways of like what's the lifetime of value of, of a customer that's something that i'm like always kind of like, wondering about and two how do you get people into that recurring revenue model what's your um i, I wouldn't say funnel, but what's your process of getting people into into those okay so we have um we have clients that we haven't
1: yet got a client that's paid us six figures on a recurring revenue model we've got some that are close so i think we've got um off the top of my head we've, we've definitely monthly got monthly or monthly season? i don't know that, that's the lifetime value so oh, okay um, that, that, so that, that. Uh, okay. yeah so we uh, in terms of the, the monthly values we're normally looking at somewhere between our minimum is 500 pounds a month for a very basic level service yeah. and then we we can go up to three and a half four four and a half thousand a month um is kind of the, the biggest we've gone okay so um so that that, that's the kind of window that they sit in the lifetime value though of course as those as those retainers add up as i say we've we've i don't think i could check um uh, that wouldn't make a great video or podcast episode me me (laughs) checking zero but uh yeah we've we've i don't think we've got a a single client yet that's paid us over a a hundred thousand uh, pounds in
0: recurring yet but we've got some that aren't far away so anyways anywhere between six to ten months is like the lifetime value uh, or, or no
1: actually no 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 so at yes. a, a lower value they can be a lot longer than that we we've worked okay. with one client our longest client on our books at the minute is n- nearly three years two years and 10 yeah 10 or 11
0: so, so anyways some you know some come some go like uh, yeah how do you get people um and that's the same thing that i'm figuring out right like and um to build predictability to anybody who doesn't know what pete and i are talking about just like or just for a second is predictability i'm taking you on on a side route at the moment and we're going to come (laughs) come back to the main path um but 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 the second thing is like how do you get people um what's your process of getting new clients so the the
1: the first thing that i found is selling a retainer is hard work and uh particularly if you're trying to do it with a brand new client that you've never worked with before Mm -hmm. it's a difficult sell and that's, there's two two reasons for that. The first is whatever you say is your monthly fee, the client simply times it by 12. So you say this is going to be a thousand a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars this month. They instantly see 12 grand. That's, that's okay. what they're looking at. And uh-huh. um, the, the second thing is that you, the, there's a personal commitment there and okay. you need to overcome that before somebody trusts you enough to work with you for an ongoing basis, on right. an ongoing basis. So the way that we sell our retainers is actually we have two gated products ser- products before that. So I had a call about this yesterday with a lady. You know this this is this this is the process that we sell uh, we use right now in the middle of it right now. Yeah. So we have a. Um, this particular lady is looking for some SEO support, so we have we we have products in different service areas. Um, but yeah, so we the first thing we'll do with an SEO client is we'll say, right, well, we before we can do any work on your website, we need to check how healthy it is. We need to understand what the thing is that we're inheriting before we can actually advise on yeah. how, where you're going to get to with it. So the very first product is a SEO health check, and it's four hundred pounds plus VAT in the here in the yeah. UK, and. Um, And that's, it's a product. It will deliver it within three or four days for you. And these are the reports you get out the other end. So that's bite one of the cherry. The second thing we do, once we've completed that, and we've decided that we can then help this client, is we then have a second product which is a bit more expensive and that's a in for our seo clients that's a keyword uh, research and mapping exercise so that's more like a thousand pounds plus that here in the uk and um you know for that we're actually going to have to start working with you a bit more so that's going to involve a, a half day consultancy session it's going to involve some pointed questions about your turnover and your processes and your yeah. Um, your ideal clients your avatars all of that kind of stuff we, yep. we need to get under the skin a little bit of this yeah and then off the back of it we will then present the keyword research and we'll map those to your existing content and highlight any content that you're missing and we can put a content strategy together okay so that's that's, cool. Cool. that's a second product so there's okay. a finite start and a finite end yep. and only when we've completed those two products if we're happy to continue working with the client at that point we will offer a retained service Okay got it nice okay so you got yes. like mini products filling into the, to the yeah and, and they, they each grow in value up until the yeah. point so there's a couple of things happening there. One is we're working with the clients and we're we're getting to know them We we're start we're, we're allowing don't forget onboarding a client is as much about us vetting the client as it is about them vetting us right. so we're we're of course we're trying to delight them we're trying to deliver value we're trying yeah. to show that we're the industry leaders that we're there as that ad, trusted advisor but on the same note, we're also just checking that are we are we okay to work with them? Are they going to respond to us in a way that we're we're happy with? Are they going to be open and honest with us? Um, all of those different types of questions. And okay. if we have any reservations, we don't have to offer the next
0: step. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Um, so um, back to our main. That all right, like talking about like success. So you started your business, uh, since then you had your own struggles. What is one uh you know breakdown moment that you had or some kind of like entrepreneurial bump on the road? So the biggest
1: the biggest challenge I've had so far um has actually been quite recently. So we launched my productized service we launched in 2020. Um Uh, April 2020, just as the global pandemic was happening, and it's a productized service for um, SEO. So we help digital agencies deliver SEO retainers to their clients. Yeah, Um, the we started with the bang. You know, I've, as as you mentioned, I've got a number of presences presences online. I'm in different guises. I am, I'm relatively active in a number of influencer groups in the WordPress space and that and that kind of thing. So actually, getting initial traction for this thing wasn't difficult. We had we we were gonna hit a hundred thousand dollars in revenue within eighteen days. It it wasn't a difficult kind of right. yeah. um, sell to begin with. Yeah. But what happened? following that was there was then the slump hmm. and this is the first time i've run a productized service and if if i'm being honest i i knew communication with all of our clients was key but i vastly underestimated where that communication level was going to be what i thought we were putting out was what i sort of positioned myself as the agency owner to to would see as acceptable and actually I found that my expectations were quite low and there was people with far higher expectations than yeah. me that were were customers of our service. Um, so we had a communications issue that we needed to address and, and we did, and it was it was okay. The We then also hit a plagiarism issue. So we had a couple of our copywriters were then flagged for plagiarizing content for, for clients. Oh, wow. And we ended up having to part ways with two of them overnight. Um, And that gave us two issues one was that between the two of them they had like 70 pieces of content assigned to them which we now had no writers for so that created a backlog for our other our other writers and the second problem was that we then had to go and double check all of the work that they'd done in the last couple of months to make sure that this was an isolated incident and thankfully it was but it took a whole lot of time willpower energy money to, to get it done and that the problem there was was really the feeling of responsibility to the end clients you know um so many of these clients had come into this business because of their relationship with my brand yeah. and my my content that i I felt like I was really their ambassador I suppose right. and uh, the weight of that on me now now thankfully we cleared it all up and we have far more robust processes now six, 6 months later 8 months 8 months later after it happened since it's happened the there's a lot of water gone under the bridge and we're in a far better place than we were before but yeah. it it was there was 2 or 3 months where we were looking at each other as in the team saying, is this, is this really what we want to do? Is this just too much hard work? Should we just scrap the whole uh-huh. thing? What, what, what's the point? Well, um, yeah. And I'm so pleased we powered on through,
0: but it, it, it's not always been plain sailing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say that, you know, the, the thing about um, entrepreneurship, it always has its ups and downs, right? Mm. Um, you you probably know, like, you know, more things are coming your way, like, I, I know things are coming my way, like, we all have, like, um, the, you, the highs, and the lows, and everything is felt so much, like, um, more than just, obviously, anything else, even being a freelancer, or being a, an employee, obviously, it's, like, nothing to even compare, uh, yeah. because when you have a business, you have responsibility for people that are working with you, you have responsibility, which is bigger for clients, and you have, um, you're way more exposed to a lot of you know trouble that can come your way either from the authorities or whatever so the thing about a lot of people like I think they're trying to stay small because they're somehow fearing getting big you know what I'm saying it it might be that Um, but I want to talk to you about now like your successes like what would you say is like a period of time where you definitely excelled or exceeded like any of your own expectations or have used some way of thinking that helps you form a plan and carry out the plan the best possible way. Maybe you can tell the story of SEO high, or like anything that you would like to, to talk about. Yeah,
1: cool. So the, the, I, in my, on my podcast, I talk quite a bit about this vision of success and understanding what this vision of success is. And um, you need to get quite selfish about that. And it can be completely materialistic. Uh-huh. So where this came from was, um, when I started my agency, uh, my business partner is a-, a chunk of age older than me, I-, I won't go into specifics, but he's a chunk uh-huh. of age older than me. Uh-huh. And we we started the business both committing to do at least 10 years in it, but it was going to have a lifespan. He is going to hit a time that he wants to retire long before I will. And so we, we talked about our exit as much as we talked about our entry. And that was a key kind of a key kind of uh, component.
0: Yeah.
1: So launching SEO hive, uh, that was the agency, the agency part of it launching SEO hive. Um, we, we did what every new startup does. We built a list. Uh-huh. So, we started in January 2020 with this idea of, right, we're going to build a productized service. And there was an event that was going to happen in the May that we'd been invited to. And we'd arranged with the organizers that we might be able to do some kind of launch party there. It was going to be a, an, a conference full of digital agency owners. that were all our target audience. We were prepared to put some money in to, to get this going in the setting. Cool. Um, then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. and in the UK and US anyway that was kind of mid-March so I realized it in certain parts of the world it was a few months earlier than that yeah um and the event got called off well it didn't it went online but it wasn't going to be the same same. yeah it's not the same
0: yeah
1: and we yeah so we had this plan for SEO Hive and we just thought you know what we don't want to be the guys that sells a new product at the start of a pandemic i mean who does that apart from mark zuckerberg and uh, the guy that started amazon and bill gates and <laughs> apart from those people who sells something at the start of a pandemic and uh, so we emailed our list i forget the exact number there was something like 120 or 130 people on the list it wasn't huge okay. but it yeah. was it was enough um so we we sent this email that said uh you know with everything that's going on in the world, we've decided to put the brakes on with SEO Hive. We uh, we think that we will be able to come back to it in the the autumn, in the fall, uh, towards the end of the year. Don't know why we said that, no idea. It just seemed like it was far enough away, but yeah. that's, that's what we said. Um, you know, everybody stay safe. We wish you all the best for the next few months and we'll be yeah. in touch. And that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. Over the next 24 hours, I kid you not, of the list replied to me. They didn't just read it or click on a link. They actually hit the reply button and sent us an email back. So that was like 80 odd responses we got from 120 that were sent out. Wow. and they there was so many of them said you can't do this you've been telling us that it's coming in May we've we've pre-sold it to our clients you we, we're relying on you delivering this service cool. um you know uh, people saying but but you know my, my uh, we, we've always been looking for streams of revenue and this this has been the answer to what we were looking for and you, you can't delay it six months what are you doing to our business? we don't know what's coming we need it we need to sell it yeah. so that was on the 23rd of March. We took all those emails and we sat and had another Zoom call. Considering like three days earlier, we sat and had a Zoom call deciding we were going to pause. <laughs> yeah. we, we sat and had a Zoom call and went through them and said, right, well, if people need it, then they don't need to wait till May for it. Can we launch it on the 1st of April? That was like eight days later. So that's what we did. We worked like absolute stink for eight days and <laughs> uh, launched on the 1st of April, 2020.
0: So I and, want to just like I want to I want to just like stop for a second to pull out a few kind of um, insights here. Go for, for it for new entrepreneurs, right? So I remember when I was an young entrepreneur, I was asking myself, so how do you be like how how do I become? And that was only like five years ago. I was like asking myself, how do I become a real entrepreneur? What do real entrepreneurs do? Um, and and you know so one is is this one they are flexible, right? Mm-hmm. One is like. They're flexible, um, and they know to understand that when they have a product out that they understand there's a demand to, they will do everything to launch that product and double down on it. So I think you guys are, were up to something, you, uh, right, you, and, and you also kind of pre-sold it, like you, you, you pre-sold the concept of it like a long time ago. You checked, and you got uh, validation for your idea. Yeah, you didn't just launch it. You got validation for idea first, and then you, you know by accident you understood that the validation is very strong, right? And that people still want it. And then you double down on it, and not double down like okay, let's launch it like we said in May. Like let's launch it in eight days. Let's stop everything we're doing, all of our plans, and now work on this for eight days and launch it. So. I think that this is like another thing, like entrepreneurs need to know to stop everything they're doing right away and work on this other thing and 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 understand that like, you know, it's okay. It's okay to make that switch in a second. They have to be agile. They have to be flexible. They have to be willing to just uh, make decisions on the fly um, in order to seek oppor- the, the right opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, so, so far everything you said here, um, this is what came up so okay continue. yeah no that's that's that, that, that's a great way of looking at it you know and and
1: it's the 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 you, uh, as an entrepreneur when, when you're when you're discussing or validating that business idea the the response that you get back from that almost sets your level of confidence in it and um that sometimes is easier said than done but it, it's uh, yeah having i it, it's not something that i sat down on the 23rd of march last year and thought you know what i'm going to be an entrepreneur about this and i'm really going to do it it was <laughs> right it was a case of it was just a case of you know what we can hear what people are saying um the, go, going back to something you mentioned earlier about chris and the Upreneur incubator the the first time i met chris ducker i was at one of his uh, Upreneur summit events mm-hmm. and i sat in the room knowing that i was really needing to do something to further my own brand i didn't know what it was i didn't know what it was going to look like what it was going to turn into um i just knew that i had that itch i had to do something and i sat in this room with like 300 other personal brand entrepreneurs i think you you might have even been there saggy i was
0: there
1: only once in the upreneur um like oh yeah okay so this was his First one, I think. So okay, okay. May, may, maybe it was a year or two before you arrived, okay. uh, before you came. But yeah. the I sat there and I just remember looking around and people, you know, okay, so you've got a podcast, a YouTube channel, uh, 10,000 Instagram followers, a website, a blog, a team of VAs. Right, I can't do that. Uh, you've got uh, a YouTube channel, a website, a blog, a team. no, I can't do that. And I just looked around at all of these people that had everything all sorted out you're writing a book you're you're on international stages you're doing this and i'm like who the hell am i you know i can't i can't do any of this yeah um and that that's that's actually where the gary v thing came came back uh, came to me i suppose was that if you just look at all of these entrepreneurs. Maybe you look at Saggy and say, you know what? He's he's crushing it, man, because he's got his podcast and he's got his YouTube channel and he's got his two businesses and he's got his Israeli blog. How can I compete with that? Well, I'll tell you one, one thing: Saggy didn't wake up one morning and start a podcast, a YouTube channel, a blog, two businesses, whatever. He's built it over time. He's done it one piece of the jigsaw at a time. And over years like saggy has been doing and you know i like i've been doing over the last three and a half years with my personal brand stuff over a period of time you put the building blocks in place and within x amount of time you too can have a blog a a youtube channel a a podcast a book or whatever Mm -hmm. um if that is what is right for your audience yeah but when you get to that critical mass that you can actually start interacting with your audience, that's when you can start to understand the the power of what they're saying. You can resonate with them and right. all of a sudden then your products and your services and what you do on the day to day, that, that just, that's just then taken care of. You, you have that rhythm. Yeah. It's getting from here to that rhythm. That's, that's the committed bit. That's the hard bit. That's the, but just do it one step at a time you yeah. you you take a hike by putting one foot in front of the other and that's all you need to do so awesome. i got i got yeah, on a bit I, of a rant there i hope no, it no, didn't no come across no that. i think
0: I, I think it's like um it's it's definitely it can be overwhelming to for someone who is like I remember myself again, like, you know, just when I was not being able to monetize the one business, like one revenue stream that I had at the moment, I was like, oh my God, like I need this, you know, I need to find a strategy to, to maybe like, you know, just maybe just, maybe I'll launch a a book. Maybe I'll just, no, but you know, that won't even get me enough money to pay the the monthly fee that, you know, my Mm. monthly rent or or whatever. So um, I was looking at, I I needed about $12,000 or something like that to pay taxes and to pay my and to provide for my household um actually it was about ten ten thousand dollars something like that a, a month and i'm like how the hell do i even get like you know one dollar next next month i was like okay maybe i'll, I'll launch a course but we launched a course it took us a month to create and then when we finally launched it we made 10k me and my partner so it's like 5k each and then we had to fulfill that course and we had to work on it for two, you know to uh, we pre sold it so now we worked on it for like two months and 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 you know that took like so 5k each for like three months of work I'm like that's not that's not good enough. Uh, that's not a monetization strategy and um, and I think that, like the thing that got me to fail in the first place with, with this first business that I, I left my the tech world for was not having a vision so so and that's exactly what you're talking about the vision for success we i didn't have to have a strategy i just needed to have the one strategy that i need to have is a vision like the strategy to create a vision and to to work on that how did your vision come to be so um as i said when
1: i was putting the agency together we we actually had a a business mentor come in and 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 help us set set the business up and we spent three days with this guy and he was brilliant and um he he got us to sit down and to to write out what our perfect life looked like Mm. when what is it we're aiming for but it it had to be selfish so this had to be um Steve my business partner said that he wanted a a yacht in the Bahamas that that's that's his that's what he's going after he wants to live that nautical life (laughs) traveling from island to island in the Bahamas that that's his thing and that's what he's aiming for so um and and i you know uh, i i put down what mine m- what mine was and then so that we had that big that big goal that big stretch goal that's what you're going for yeah we then had to look this guy then got us to look at so what what can life look like what are the smaller parts that will reflect your uh your success in more of your everyday life so that you don't have to wait for that one big thing at the other end but you can start to see ripples of your success throughout throughout your business journey and enjoying that journey Mm. and so for example one of mine uh one of mine was that i wanted to take my kids to their swimming lesson so i've got uh i have a 10 year old and a seven year old now so five years ago they would have been what five and two um my five-year-old I had never taken to a swimming lesson. I know that sounds something stupid, but it's 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 a thing that is that money can't buy. That's that was the thing f- that was the thing for me. It's not huh. it's not uh, you know something that I can go on Amazon and get. It's not yeah. something that I can save up for. It's something that means I have to be present right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I that that was one of my things. On a Thursday. Time. Yeah, t- it is time it, or money, time. right? Yeah. yeah. Um so and that, that was one of, so that, that was kind of the scope. So I had a, I had going to swimming lessons at one end of my success story. And I had uh, a couple of a couple of h- uh, homes in Europe at the other end. That was my, and then I had a number of things in between. I think we ended up with seven. He had, he ended up with seven yeah. sort of <laughs> success points, which were on that scale, okay, sliding
0: scale. Nice. And I just want to, I just want to start for now. Like I, to tell you, like, I, I don't think enough, enough people uh, just even think about what they actually want you know in the future like not like nobody really thinks about like what's my perfect life is going to be like and 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 some people are even like thinking about some materialistic thing and say no no like materialistic is bad like no what what do you want for your future where yeah. do you want to be where do you want to live how much time do you want to spend with your kids and family and wife how, or, or husband or whatever like how many how many uh like where are you working um, what kind of people are you working with? What kind of clients? Uh, who are you serving? Like, and and how does I don't know. Like for me, it's even the, the smells. Like I I envision like the smells that I have in 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 my porch. Like I just you know, it's 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 people have to v- be very specific,
1: very yeah. specific. And and this is you know, this is not something that you. I'm, I'm, these are all material things, I suppose, but they, they represent a lifestyle. And the, the, the reality is none of us have gone into business to make life harder for ourselves. We've all gone into business to make life better for ourselves. And that includes money and finances and material stuff. And it includes time and emotion and connection and presence. And as long as you have both of those two things in the right proportion, then uh, frankly, you know, I, I, I wish everybody all success. Go, go and get all good things in those, in those areas. Yeah. Um, that that's that there's nothing materialistic about, about that. This is about an investment in your life, your family's life, your circle of influence, um ex, you know your, your legacy that you leave on the world right. um and, and you know that it's for me actually i get quite humbled about talking about things like that it's it's a little strange but yeah it's it, <laughs>
0: it, yeah that's that's just me i, I mean listen I, I think most entrepreneurs first of all don't think enough about their future and then the ones that do and including me don't think big enough i i always <laughs> say like to myself like saggy think big think bigger like and um I think we don't, we, we tend to think about the things that are seemingly out of reach. And we say, oh, we can't get that. Like, or those people have it, you know, but they build themselves to that. And, you know, we, we didn't. So like, yeah, but you can. Yeah. So uh, like, you definitely can Just do you want this? Do you want whatever that guy has? Great. That'll be a milestone for you. Let that inspire you and not scare you off of like even envisioning that for yourself. And um and the, the thing about it is this, there's, there's a trick here. So I'll just mention that for a second. There's a trick when you, when you visualize your end goals is you have to visualize, like first of all, regularly. And second of all, uh, like you have to be, when I say regularly, I mean, be obsessed by it. And, and second of all, envision yourself already living the life. You can't envision something like uh, having a yacht and then saying, oh, I wish I had a yacht, but I don't know. Like, because that's your, your subconscious mind makes that up. Uh, that you don't have it now. And then you're, you, what you're going to get is more of the I wish I had. So you can't yeah. say, you can never say I wish I had. And what you have to do is envision yourself already having that. It's already here. The yacht is already here for you. Yeah. And now you just you just don't have it yet physically, but it's here. You got to feel it. Um, so that's the thing about visualization. Um, or, you
1: know. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes complete sense. And of course, once you've got that, once you've got that picture, you can see what that looks like. You, in your case, you can smell it. I think that's brilliant um but yeah you, you you have that then you can reverse engineer it to say so okay so what are the building blocks to get me there what are what are the component parts you know so if i'm uh if i'm gonna it, as i said one of my one of the sort of my bigger picture and things was to have multiple homes in or around sort of europe or, or north america that that kind of thing okay so if i'm gonna move around that means that i need to be working in a a way that is location independent essentially if you're listening to the podcast you might not notice but i'm sitting in a wooden cabin that's actually in my garden at, at home in england and the reason i have this we used to have an office but actually, we've moved everything online. We can all work location independently. I have this space so that I'm not with the children in the <laughs> in the house, and I can yeah, get some yeah. peace and quiet and and can yeah. concentrate and get on and do recordings like this with with Saggy. Mm-hmm. But I I th- this actually constructing this and moving in here was more symbolic than that. It was actually yeah. meant that I was l- now location independent. The location I then chose happened to be at the end of my garden, but the I, I, this could be anywhere it could yeah. be absolutely anywhere so you can then start to deconstruct them some of those things will be financial some of those things will be like like being here there will be um, there will be tangible ways of doing things yeah. but you can deconstruct it and then from there you can then set five year goals and then from there you can break those five year goals down into yearly goals and then you can uh, every every december i take a day before the whole christmas hype happens here in in well, certainly in the Western world. In, in Israel, it might okay. be a bit different. But uh, yeah, in, you know, here we, I, I take a day, it's in my diary, I can pull it up and tell you when it is this year. Um, and okay. And I then go and map out what my quarterly goals are for the next for the next year. And I look at the year that's gone past. I look at what I wrote last year. I look to see where we've got to with it. I might be up a bit. I might be down a bit. I can look at what worked, what didn't work. And then I can map out my quarterly goals for the next year. And then every quarter, I just spend a couple of hours, sometimes a morning at most. And I'll go and get out of here and I'll go and find a coffee, go up onto a hillside somewhere with my iPad or my laptop. And I'll go and then look at, right. So this is what I've set for my quarterly goal. This is what it means for each month. This is what it means for each week. Yep. And then I have my weekly task list. And and that means that every day of my life, I am now building towards that vision. I'm that thing that I'm visualizing. There is, there is footprints of it or
0: fingerprints of it in yeah. every day of my working life. I love that. I love that. I think that's, that's so great that you're, um, you're talking about the deconstruction, right? So, uh, like anything in the world that looks so big, you can deconstruct. Like yeah. I just had a call with one of my um, one of my designers on the team, and uh, we were talking about investments uh, because I'm really getting into investments now. Like I'm, I, I want to be an investor. I want to l- learn how to be an investor and how to build my wealth. And and he was so far from it. He was like very intrigued. He's like, yeah, I I you know I, I heard about it stuff like that, but I have never kind of. I don't think it's. He said, uh, but listen, it's for a specific kind of people. Like, oh yeah, tell me, what what people is this for? Well, you have to be really cheap or really kind of like sleazy, you know? But why? Because you have to be either you're cheap and then you save all the money and you can invest, or you're sleazy because you can sell a lot. I'm like, what if you can be a very great salesperson, not be cheap, but also put it aside investments? Like, do do you think those are the only people? Um, and I recommended him to go and read The uh, Millionaire Next Door, which I recommend to everyone. Like, it, it just shows how many great people are just like financially independent. Um, mm. but, but the thing is this, like, when you see something out there, like you know, investing, like being financially free, first of all, say, um, I think, or I'm, I'm just giving this as an example, but any goal, is it like, you might think this is not realistic for me. And I think that's the first Thing that came up to me in some case before I had my vision actually planned out but then my coach when he helped me build my vision for the first time he said well don't think about realistic that sucks like think about what's achievable and when you say okay is it achievable yes by mankind yes like for instance, I can't plan to be an astronaut in a year. Like that's not gonna <laughs> happen, right? Uh, never, it's not, it's, it's not either realistic or achievable. Like, you know, to be an astronaut you have to like go through specific like training tests and, uh, and learn so much. It's not gonna happen in a year. Maybe I can plan for 10 years being an astronaut. That actually might make sense with technology and everything, right? But like, again, you have to make sure whatever your goal is it's achievable by, my main, by, by mankind. And what, whatever is achievable, you can achieve. Now you have the, you know, the, the, the that's the good point about it, right? You can achieve it. Great. Now what? Okay, deconstruct exactly like you're saying, Pete. So that's exactly what you're saying. Now it's, deconstruct it.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's so so true. You want to turn over, let's say, Sagi, like your, your design agency, your new studio, you want to turn over a million dollars next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's so what's that? That's $83,000 a month, $83,500 a month. So all of a sudden, okay, I've now got a monthly target. So how many clients do I need? How many retainers do I need? And then there's two ways of looking at that. So how do I either sell more to more people so that I have more clients, or how do i sell more to the same people so i keep the same number of clients but increase the revenue off those clients yeah. and then then you can you know you, okay it's it's not it's not an exact science some yeah. some you know some might not take the higher rate some might not take the option whatever but you all of a sudden you've got a a a, a tangible thing which all of a sudden isn't oh god i need a million dollars it's I need $83,000, right? So I've just I've just 12th that problem for you. Yeah. Um, and then of course, then you can break down how you're going to get there. So that's that's how my mind has always worked. I've always yeah. been the sort of, okay, see the big picture and then slice it up into manageable chunks. Yeah. Other people working the other way around and they do chunk after chunk after chunk. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not the way my brain works. It's not the way I'm wired to, to do it. So, uh,
0: But I think it's not... That's great that you're wired like that a lot of people are you know, you know and maybe you're not wired but you don't have to be like it's exactly what you're saying like i think whether you're wired like that or you're not you have to understand like people when i say you i mean like all the listeners like we have to understand like as entrepreneurs that the way to achieve success is to have the goals to understand you know like you say you have that vision for success and then once you have that, you can go step by step to because if you just go with the flow and say chunk by chunk without knowing what you're building, you might go like a completely different direction, you know, and, and not have achieved your goals at all or live a life that yeah. you're not happy with.
1: Absolutely. And you can end up going around in circles as well. And then yeah. you know, 12 months later you find out you're just right back where you started and, and you you haven't progressed, or you're nowhere nearer right. that vision. Right. Um, you know, uh, even um uh, I, I'd, I'd recommend that any of your listeners um, read or listen to the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz oh, yeah, that's so a it's, it's yeah it's it's phenomenal and um, I, I implement so Profit First is a method of accounting essentially which makes means you take the profit out of your company first rather than wait until all your bills are paid um, you, you, and he goes through methods of uh, calculating that which he does a far better job than me so I'm not going to murder it but yeah. he does say one thing which is that if your company is in debt for whatever reason, that all of the profit that you save and that you should release each quarter, that profit you should put straight towards your debt to pay the debts off as fast as possible before you give yourself a profit check, apart from one cup of coffee. So every even if you have debt, your profit that you have saved, that you've worked for, that, that get symbolized in a cup of coffee that is paid for purely out of profit so every quarter you at least get a coffee and 20 minutes to enjoy that coffee i know saggy enjoys coffee because he got one just before this recording um so you know but that and that is so true you need to even when times are tough even when you have to be responsible and do the grown-up stuff and and sort the debts out and this that and the other as an entrepreneur you ha- need to have those micro successes even if that's right. where they start and once you have the micro successes you build to the bigger successes then you build to the larger successes then you have the master plan which is at the other end right. um and that that it is so important to our flow of life to our our way of doing things yeah. uh, i don't know how you feel Sandy. for me Um, You know, I do a lot of work on my own in terms of in terms of the the work that I do in my businesses, you know, I have teams of people, but it's, it's, I need to be the driving force behind it. I'm the momentum builder, I suppose to it and having that rhythm of reward be it profit shares every three months be it that free coffee be it whatever i need that, that that's what that's yeah. what keeps me focused that's what keeps me on the train of so this is this is why we're doing this this is why yeah. we're doing this every time i go to a swimming lesson every thursday where we're going in two hours time that's yeah. that's one of those things that i can get there and say thank god i'm here because if i was working for the man if i was yeah in that employed role i this wouldn't be possible no
0: i i just and that and that's exactly what I told you before this, like we started recording It's like, I have this design sprint I'm doing with Fiverr next week. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I was looking at, they're like, can you come here for three days and do a design sprint with us? Like the Fiverr headquarters. And I'm like, uh, well, you know, actually right now, no, I need to make sure, like <laughs> I need to make some arrangements because my lifestyle doesn't fit going to an office for a whole day right now. Yeah. Like it just, it doesn't work like that. I pick up my kids, I drive them to school and I pick them back up. And I spend time with them like, and it's like, uh, well, and, and so can you make it or not? And like, okay, you know what? I'll check. And I had to, <laughs> it was like two days of making arrangements in order for <laughs> having the kids being picked up and stuff. I'm like, man. Um, but, but then only today in the morning where I was frustrated by it, really, I was frustrated at first because I'm like, can't I really go to an office? Really? Can I not have like the time to work like a normal human being? And then today, as I was driving my son to, to his, to his daycare, the school, I, I, um, I was just like, all of a sudden it came to me, they're like, wait, you should be freaking grateful. You're driving your son to, you know, every morning, um, mm. to where he needs to be. And you can do that. You're doing that out of choice as part of a lifestyle decision. And um and 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 it's maybe it's great that corporates can't really even hire you for three days of a workshop. Maybe it's great. Maybe that's like your lifestyle comes first if they hire you, you're not going to go to the gym on, on those days. You're not going to meditate, not do the things that you signed up to do that you committed to doing no matter what, you know? And, um, and for me, it's like, yeah, you know, so if, if this doesn't go any, like, if I can't find any arrangements for my kids uh, th- those days, I'll be okay with that, you know? And, and, uh, luckily it got sorted. So I'm okay. But like, it's still kind of like, I'll be okay with that because I'm still living my lifestyle and um, yeah. I'm still going to get other opportunities. So, um, so, so just going back again, the lifestyle is, is major. It's like huge. I took a day off, by the way, this week for my son's birthday. And then I'm taking another day off next week for my daughter's birthday. So um, it's just because I freaking can, you know, and, yep. and, and that's it. So that's, that's it. And I don't, I don't know how you are. I, I do exactly the same. On my kids' yeah. birthdays,
1: I have the day off. And my birthday, I have the day off. Yeah. And they're, they're now things that you know, if I was working for somebody, I'd have to go and fill in a holiday form. And it would take some of my annual leave to do that. And then do I want to do that? Because that might mean that I don't have enough time off to
0: go on a holiday in the summer or whatever it might be. And your boss and, might uh, take the faces, right? Or yeah. like, there's so many things, complex things, in order to just take a freaking day off. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Whereas now, they're just in the diary. Every year, yeah, so,
1: Calendly just won't. It won't be available. You go. You go and try and book yes. something on August the thirty first, which is my birthday this year. Good uh-huh. luck to you, because I'm. I'm not. I'm not around. Yeah. And, and but that's just. That's just the way it is. You're leading the conversation, and yeah. you're empowered to do that. Yeah. The. The flip side, of course, is that you need to be responsible with that because if you if you just want to live the high life all the time and the work doesn't happen you're not going to meet your goals Obviously. your revenue will be affected so Obviously. you you have got to take you got to take the rough with the smooth but yeah. i i can see the looks when i take when i go and um pick my son up from school there's a number of people in the playground they're normally mums because of course the dads are at work yeah. uh, and they they can't quite figure out what i do and they sort of look at me as if a second head has grown over here somewhere, and and you can feel them looking. And so, so how, you've got a new car. How how have you managed that? Oh well, you know, yeah, I, I, I you know, I just went and paid for it. Yeah. How, how do you buy a car? Because that's that's how I buy a car. I pick a car, and I like it, I test drive it, yeah. I pay for it, and and they just can't quite get how yeah. how life works, yeah. um, and. You know, I'd I'd share it with them if they really were really interested, but they're just they're just being nosy and they can't figure it out. Yeah, Uh, so I I keep the game going.
0: (laughs) Definitely, man. Definitely, I love that. And I was just like, when you start talking about the playground, I also like have one day a week where I I take my son to a a big playground um, and um, like I pick him up from school, like you know at noon, and take him to the playgrounds are empty. <laughs> Maybe it's <laughs> grandmother and grandfathers are there with their like, you know, grandchildren. But like, besides that, like nobody's there. And then at like four, the grown grownups starts to come and they see us already kind of like already there. They're like, and and we're just like leaving. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's amazing. Um, we had the whole playground to us, the whole park to ourselves. <laughs> like, um, So, so anyway, yeah, um, I think, Anybody here, like uh, that, you if you're an entrepreneur, I hope you got inspiration from this and, and a bit of like insights about like, how you can fast track your success. Um, and uh, Pete, one tip from you for entrepreneurs to fast track their success besides the uh, vision that we just
1: talked uh, about besides the vision um, Size, go, yes. goal setting goal setting get okay. ha, put that like i said put that time aside and uh, i it sounds like it's it's a lot of hard work it isn't it's it's okay. what i do one day one day in a december and then like four, four 2 hour sessions throughout the year it's not a lot of time set your goals okay. track them and then and that keeps you that keeps you aligned to
0: that vision of success love it and by the way what you just said that you take a day off i know my, like my my uh Kelvin, my my buddy now, and like who was my first coach, also takes a few days off. A lot of successful people take a few days off. Even Bill Gates takes like weeks off um, at a time. And um, and I also started taking like in in the past three years, uh, at the end of December. I take a few days off. I go and into a cabin like alone and just like, lock myself in and just like sit and meditate and think about my goals and reflecting. And so exactly what you said, I think that's a great tip for entrepreneurs to, to understand. Yes, you can do that. Yeah. If you have a family, fine, just book it in a calendar, you know, set it up with your wife that you're not going to be there for like the, the last days of, of December or, you know, the, the or something like that, or like before Christmas, if you're celebrating Christmas or whatever, but, but you're, that's the thing to understand you have the freedom to do that and that's your commitment as well so pete thank you so much man for coming on the show it's been great um amazing episode thank you so much for sharing your values and and your um uh, like ways of going about building a vision your story so uh really appreciate you man and uh it was a pleasure
1: no thank you for having me so i loved it
0: all right. Um, everybody, by the way, if you want to check out Pete, go to uh, PeteEverett.com. You'll see it in the show notes. Pete Everett is like Pete, you know how to write, but Everett is like E-V-E-I-T-T. Um So PeteEverett.com, you'll find uh, Pete there. And Pete, where can they also find you on socials?
1: uh so yeah so if you um uh go to facebook or linkedin pete everett um or if you search facebook for retain fm then i have my facebook group there and and i that's that's where i mainly hang out
0: okay awesome sounds good and uh if you like this episode everybody just take a snapshot right now of pete and i or if you're on spotify or itunes it's like snapshot of that's like the player post it on instagram please post on instagram um tag us um and uh you know just tell us that you're there Post a comment, anything. We want to know that you got value. So Pete, thank you again. And see you on the next incubator.